I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ass Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. and welcome back to the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews, and I'm delighted to be here today with my uh, friend and colleague, Mary Knorr, who's the Vice President uh, of Community Relations um, at Bank of America. So hi, Mary. Thanks for joining me. Hi. So glad to be here. Oh, that's wonderful. So you and I have known each other um, professionally for a few years now. We, um, we shared a men- membership at a um, professional business club called the University Club here in San Diego, um, which is where we get to meet dynamic, dynamic people like you. So, um, so tell us a little bit about um, your role at Bank of America, and let's just start by getting to know each other. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Um, Bank of America, I've been with the bank now a total of 14 years. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, and currently, I am um, I handle our strategic initiatives when it comes to workforce development basic needs and um, with our foundation. So part of that is the philanthropic side of the bank, basically, is that I work with, which I love. So especially in times like this, where, you know, craziness is happening, um, I get to be more engaged with my nonprofits and get to know them at a different level and see what it is I can do to help them and vice versa. But it's just great. So that's my role. And I love it. Every day I make a positive change. So that's, that's amazing. So, so basically, you're responsible for the pot of money that Bank of America wants to give away to the community for um, yes. nonprofits that are doing important work. Yes, yes. We work with the team and we get that taken care of. And it's nice to be on the other side where you're giving money. So yeah. um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> right, exactly. Is there, um, are there per, uh, particular initiatives that the bank really tends to support? I know right now with COVID that, you know, is a little bit blurry, but, but generally speaking, are there certain initiatives that the bank um, likes yeah. to support? Absolutely. Our um, foundation really is focused on economic mobility. So anything that engages that and moves that forward. So we have um, different grant cycles and the focuses are workforce development, basic needs, which is what I handle. And then we also have community development and the arts as well. And so, and then we also have two signature programs, which is student leaders. We'll, we'll bring in um, five students in San Diego and they get an eight-week paid internship. Um, with a nonprofit. So um, we're very passionate about that. And then we also have our Neighborhood Builders Program, which is a um, program which gives $200,000 to a nonprofit, a flexible funding. So it's great. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. What an opportunity there. That's, that's fantastic. And then in regards to COVID, um, how has the bank been supporting community projects um, with COVID? 
Absolutely. As you've heard throughout this whole process back in um, March, and as COVID started really increasing, um, Brian Moynihan has just stepped up his leadership. And it's just been amazing for me as an associate, just seeing when there's time of crisis, how a leader comes up and shares what we can do and to make an impact in the community. So um, we have definitely, we had additional funding that came in so that we can go ahead and support nonprofits who are really up front um, and taking care of it. So for example, we work with Father Joe's um, uh, to give them funding for them to be able to take that money and help with the convention center as they were transitioning homeless into the convention center. Um, we work with um, the food bank, Seniga Food Bank, um, and have done great work with them so that they can, with all of the necessities when it came to food and all of the drives that they had, how they mm-hmm. could do that. So um, we work with some of the hospitals to make sure that we're, you know, funding the front line, which is really important to make sure that they're supporting everything they can. So it's been really great. I have been super busy in the midst of all of this working from home. Um, Usually I'm at events or, you know, um, and doing internal, external events. But this has really brought us all together um, as a bank, as um, all of our leadership team, um, seeing and hearing what the needs are and our, especially our leadership team, you know, and our associates, we have over hundred associates on different boards of nonprofits. Wow. So it allows us to be able to hear what each nonprofit needs. So our associates also have the ear to the ground and share with us what it is that their nonprofits working on and focusing on. So it's been great. Yeah, that's amazing. You guys do really do amazing work here. Um, I know nationwide, but particularly in San Diego as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you for for spreading those funds around to the to the important nonprofits. What would you say um, from a nonprofit standpoint when they know that there perhaps is a funding opportunity with a, a bank, um, Bank of America? Um, what mistakes are you seeing that they're making, or where are there better opportunities for them to engage with funding sources like the bank? Absolutely. Um, I think what I've seen the challenges have been for nonprofits, I think because capacity is limited, uh, resources that they have, um, the challenge falls in the grant itself and how you're able to articulate what your ask is. So this whole thing of the big ask, right? So if you can't articulate that and we go into a committee and we're reviewing um, applications, we can tell it's the difference between one application to the other because one application really articulates and clearly says, this is the program we want. This is where the funds are going to go. We're going to do X, Y, Z, where mm-hmm. another application might just talk about the program in, in its totality. It doesn't share the impact it has, the number of people it will impact. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the challenge I've seen some nonprofits run into. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I, you know, people sometimes just throw a dart at the wall and they don't really mm-hmm. pay attention to the requirements right. or, or, you know, even if it's a, an area of funding, perhaps that's not of interest to the bank, you know, there, right. there are uh, a lot of clear guidelines sometimes on websites that say, you know, we only right. fund, you know, like you said, you know, financial literacy or mm-hmm. community programs or something of that nature. And here I'm trying to give you an application for an environmental program. Not that that's not right. important, but it's not in the but line not, of, of right. a focus right. for the bank. Yeah. And the foundation does a great job, um, the site, the website for Bank of America's foundation does a great job with Q&As and kind of explains, you know, where we are. And I think that's the reason why we have a focus too, so that we can really mm-hmm. drive that um, versus it just being like anything that comes in. So having that um, economic mobility lens constantly when we're reviewing everything really mm-hmm. helps us to um, into where we need to go, what direction. So. Yeah. You said you have been with the bank for 14 years. What position mm-hmm. brought you into the bank? 
Um, I started with the bank as a teller um, right out of high school. Um, and I worked as a teller and the bank had an amazing program and they still do where um, the benefits we have where they help you pay for tuition. So as I, um, when I came to graduate, you know, I thought that I'm going to go make millions because now I've got a bachelor's <laughs> degree. <laughs> so I left the bank um, and then soon reality kicked in that it doesn't work that way. And so um, <laughs> 10 years later, after three layoffs, um, I finally was at a point where I needed to come back. So I came back about um, 10 years ago. And I started again as almost a teller level um, and then worked my up to assistant manager and then man branch manager. I went in back mm -hmm. into our consumer world, our retail branches. Um, and then I got to a point where um, I was going to go to the next level, which would be like a market manager. But, you know, this role became available at that time. There was only one in San Diego. And um, I have my master's in marketing. I love marketing. Mm -hmm. I love those types, you know, think outside the box. So it was a great fit. So um, I got in right before they closed the rack and, you know, and here I am four years later. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I think it speaks to also people thinking, you know, um, banking industry, I have to do something, you know, in finance specifically, right. perhaps, right. or as a teller. Um, right. And it's, it's, it's nice to see yeah. this role as part of the banking industry as well. Yes. There's so many roles, even to this day that I've been back now 10 years. Um, there's roles that I didn't even know that it existed in the bank, you know, so I definitely want people to know just because it's a bank, yet yeah, it is a financial institution, but there's so many opportunities across the states um, mm -hmm. that you can get into, whether it's marketing. I mean, we have a huge marketing, obviously, in Charlotte and then also in San Francisco and other areas. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work at home jobs that they have. I mean, technology. So definitely you can get into, I mean, even our the attorneys that have to represent the bank. So it's right. not just you have to go into a banking center and work there. So, right. and the other thing too is um, we increased our teller pay. Um, and so we were supposed to go um, for from $12 to $15 to $20 in 2021. And this year they raised it to $20. So entry level coming into the bank as a teller, wow. you know, $20. So that's, amazing. and they've done amazing work with everything happening with COVID to make sure mm -hmm. everyone's doing well. So, yeah, that's great. And I know that they have great management development mm -hmm. programs Absolutely. within the industry as well. Too, yes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they also have done a great job in the last several years to internally um, do that as well. So we have different universities internally for different lines of businesses. Mm -hmm. So which kind of will tell you can go with like a roadmap and you say, I want to get here, but I'm here. And then the roadmap kind of tells you where you need to go. So um, I'm a big believer. You make it your own. Um, I mm -hmm. don't believe in you have to, you know, this, it's not handed to you. So you have to work for it. Uh, so, and they've done a great job to showcase how an associate can go from this level to this level, what steps need to be done and then uh, what paths to, um, so that that way no one's confused because it's such a huge corporation, yeah. right. you, know, you can get lost, um, if Definitely. you don't know. So yeah, yeah, they've done a great job with that. That's great. I know you um, are focused um, for women's issues and diversity mm -hmm. inclusion issues as part of the, the bank community. So can you talk a little yeah. bit about what programs um, you're running there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Women obviously is an initiative too as well with the bank. And um, I uh, internally, we have employee networks and our employee networks are really focused on the diversity and inclusion and making sure that it's well-rounded and we bring all associates of all types together and that they can bring their true self to work. Um, I currently am the chair for Lead for Women here in San Diego. Um, 
Uh, it's a chapter that we really focus on, on empowering women. And I think I'm a, I have always been a big advocate of that just from, you know, I was born in Iran and I came here and, you know, seeing that culture and see how I could make that shift to change um, how the view of women have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, that's always been a big, big thing. And so being a chair, it's been just really great where we're able to show how women can be empowered to do and ask to have those professional conversations. And, um, and then also within the bank itself too, having the support of the bank where small business, you know, um, small businesses for women, you know, we've, um, partner with the Tory Birch Foundation and how we can do those. So it's been really great um, and seeing how it's getting better and better each year mm-hmm. and the programs that we're introducing to make sure internally and externally we're supporting that initiative. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I know I've I've had the pleasure of speaking to um, one of your 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 yeah. um, women focused groups, and I appreciated yes. that. So I know you yes. guys are doing some important work in that area. So let's talk a little bit about um, mentoring. Um, have yeah. you had the um, fortune of having a mentor, or how how does the bank encourage that as part of their culture? Yes, um, the bank definitely does. They actually have several different programs that you, again, it's if you want to, you can get mm-hmm. involved in. We have something called where it's virtual coffee, where they, you know, you fill out a survey and they'll pair you up with someone across the country, you know, and then you just have virtual, now it's virtual coffee, obviously. <laughs> um, but yes, there's big advocacy on um, making sure that we know that we can have a mentor. There's programs in place that they will pair us up with mentors. But I also honestly believe for me, since I've started my career, I've always been on the hunt for a mentor because mm-hmm. I feel like that's really important. Um, and as I started my career, I was always, even with the bank, you know, as a teller, I was asking the regional manager to be my mentor, you know? So, um, and I think that's really important. And the shift really for me, the last few years, um, and as I'm getting more, um, up, you know, higher in the levels that I'm at, mm-hmm. is really finding a sponsor. And I think that's been that conversation now, that shift is, do you have a mentor or do you have a sponsor? And then, mm-hmm. or do you have both? Um, so I think it's really important for people to um, have both. Um, to yeah. support them in areas. So like how, they, how would share the board the, of directors? Yeah. Yeah. What's the <laughs> yeah. difference between, um, between a mentor and a sponsor? That's a for great you. question. Um, for me, a mentor is one that can give me the guidance when I need it and they need to keep it, you know, keep me real. Or if I'm just like, you know, this is what's going on and this is how I responded. Is this what, you know, so you can go mm-hmm. to them to know that they are going to be, tell you the truth. Um, a sponsor really is when you're not in that room um, and your name comes up, the sponsor is the one that could be representing you and talking oh, to what you've good. done and what you haven't done. So mm-hmm. um, they're basically your voice in a room that you're not in. So that's how I look at them, the difference for me. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I mean, what better credibility than to have someone talking about you, hopefully in the right way, the right uh, way when right? you're not yeah, <laughs> when you're not in the room. I think that's that's a really important um distinction between those, but an yes. important point. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. So um so beyond I mean, obviously COVID kind of you know, everything's turned upside down. I know mm-hmm. you're working from home now mm-hmm. and, um, and the funding initiatives have changed for, um, for the bank um, given COVID. But where do you sort of see the direction of the banking industry as we, as we move into kind of a new era here? That's a, that's a great question. Um, I think we have seen a huge boost in the mobile usage 
um, mm -hmm. which we thought, you know, it, it would be steadily. I mean, we were from probably where we are now, I don't have the numbers, but I think it was probably they were projecting it to be maybe next year, or the following year. But we've seen that where um, within the finance business itself that they've gone with ATMs and the mobile. And then I think the other aspect of it, too, is that the banks has really realized that we can still continue to, to do our job um, mm -hmm. and still work from home, you know, yeah. still be um, making sure that everything is taken care of. So I think that shift where they're going to look at things differently, where do we have to be in the office? How often do we have to be in the office? Mm -hmm. You know, they were able to deploy laptops to everybody to get them working within two weeks when everybody had to stay home. So mm -hmm. for, and the fact that we realize our technology is so advanced and we had the capabilities to do that. Um, I think, it's going to look a little bit different. There's going to be a new norm that's going to be out there. How that's going to transition, I'm not sure, but yeah. it'll look different than what we're used to. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that the sense of everyone having to go to an office to be productive, I think is mm -hmm. quickly coming to an end and we're all realizing how productive everyone can be in their yeah. own environments, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I, I think the one negative of that though is just that team camaraderie or, you know, seeing a mm -hmm. colleague in the hallway or that kind yeah. of thing to, um, yeah. you know, to your point about sponsor, you having a sponsor, you know, the further right. you physically get away from people, yes. sometimes those yes. kinds of things are, are challenging. Yeah. So, so how you have to step up even more mm -hmm. when you are, are, um, looking to grow into a role and all of that, making right. those connections, even if it's right. by Zoom or email right. or LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, staying really current with all yeah. of that. Absolutely. Well. And that's so true. I mean, I'm an extrovert, as you know. Um, I love mm -hmm. being out there. And I think it was a huge adjustment for me the first month when yeah. um, this all happened. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but little by little, I, you know, I was the one that would go down the hallway and say hi. Or if I had yeah. to talk to someone instead of picking up the phone or emailing him, I was going into the hallway and doing, um, having those conversations or going up right. three floors. Um, so that you, that is a very great point. And as far as to what you said about a sponsor and how you would deal with that, I think it really truly comes back to us. Um, I know with my mentors and sponsors, um, I send updates like, you know, I can't see you. I know I haven't talked in a while because of everything going on, but I wanted you to know that I've done X, Y, Z, or as yeah. we had discussed previously, this is a project because you're right. If you're not there, you're not seeing each other, you know, mm -hmm. out of sight, out of mind. Right. So mm -hmm. um, just making sure you're a little bit more persistent with that. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, and then um, as women are coming into the bank and having more leadership roles, um, are you seeing mm -hmm. sort of a change in uh, a culture change or a or organizational change um, kind of for, you know, Bank of America in particular, but perhaps the industry in general? Yeah, I think definitely in the industry and for the bank, I've definitely seen an amazing shift that's happening um, with Brian Moynihan's leadership and his direct reports that he has. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and that's the reason why I, I feel very passionate about being an advocate for women, because I feel like women can have those roles. Um, what the challenge is now is how they're asking for those roles and how do they get to those roles. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes women kind of second guess themselves. They'll look at, let's say, for example, they'll look at a job application. There's 10 qualifications. Right. They get to number three and they're like, oh, I don't have any of these. They don't mm -hmm. even apply. Where a mm -hmm. male will, has that self-confidence to say, 
no, they don't even have maybe nine out of 10. And they're like, I'm going to still apply. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think that shift needs to happen within women mm-hmm. um, themselves to feel empowered. But then as a company, I've seen that huge shift because we are a huge advocate of women and how we can, what we can do to make sure that they're getting to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. How has um, being born in a different country and coming and being mm-hmm. raised, what, what age did you come to the States? I was eight. Eight. Okay. So do you, do you have that um, foundation of, of living in Iran? Did you say it was yeah. Iran? Yeah. yeah. So um, you have obviously the roots there, but then, you know, that's all yeah. been mushed together with living right. in the United States. And so how, how do you sort of balance those two cultures? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I'm very involved in my Persian culture. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I speak fluently. Um, the branches I worked at, a lot of Persian um, people lived around there. So I was specifically put in those um, branches. And I think it's important for you to always remember your foundation, mm-hmm. remember where you came from. And um, I see now where kids don't learn the language that their parents know or what they grew up because it makes you unique and it makes you different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that aspect about yeah. me. You know, I love Persian food. I love cooking Persian food. Um, and then I love the American culture too. And obviously yeah. being here since I was eight years old, I feel like I'm more American than I am Persian. Sure. Sure. Um, but I'm proud of my parents for instilling mm-hmm. that in me at a young age and also carrying yeah. it through. You know, I remember we had Persian New Year's in March and we had Christmas, you know, so we always yeah. had, you know, double the fun. Right. Um, just to ensure, to make sure that, you know, we knew where we came from. And I think that's very important. And what I have learned, though, as I've grown up and being privileged to be here um, yeah. in the U.S., is that you truly get to make your life whatever you want it to be. You know, um, so I, I've gone through, you know, being a single mom and the challenges, working two jobs, getting my master's at the same time, you know, and then coming into a corporate world and, you know, working my way up the ladder. Right. Um, the opportunities, that's what I love about this country. The opportunities are there. You just have to go for it instead of waiting for it to be given to you. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that drive coming from another country as well helps because mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, I've come here. This is what it is. And yeah. so now my parents sit back and they're like, Oh, you know, they have three daughters and all of them have their master's degree. They're very successful. And, and, um, we've made them proud, but at the same time, we've learned yeah. how to live with the, with what's happening and what we need to do to ensure yeah. that we take advantage of all of that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's so beautiful. And the way you've been able to blend both of those, you know, mm-hmm. cultures together is that's really special and brings a unique perspective also to the work you're doing at the bank oh, yeah. as well, for sure, Absolutely. for sure. So, yeah. so let's segue a little bit into the big ask since that's the sure. theme of the podcast. Um, so has there been a time either personally or professionally you've had to make a big ask and kind of what was that process like for you and what was the outcome? Absolutely. Well, um, I'll go twofold. So the big ask, I'll answer your question. Um, The big ask has really been professionally, like when it comes to promotions, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and how do you have that conversation? Because a lot of people are very timid to ask and because they're afraid that if they tell their manager, they want to go to the next role, the manager's Mm going to think that they're not going to be doing the work as much. So they, they choose not to. Um, But the time that I asked, that I wanted to go into the next role. And it was, it was the current role that I'm in. Um, it was amazing to me just to see the support that was given to ensure that I would be able to get to that level. And so that was a huge eye opener for me um, in my career. 
uh, and professionally to know that the support is there. You just have to ask mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. be there. So that's to answer your question personally. But I think my biggest ask to anybody who's listening to the podcast is that, like I shared, I'm all about empowering women and advocating for women. So my ask from the listeners is to pick one woman, just one, and be their advocate, be there for them, just six months, however that looks like for you, however you think they need it. Um, I think it's important to make sure that you, and then you'll see the shift that's happening from the, the very beginning you started to at the end of six months. Yeah. And I'd love to hear from the listeners, you know, message me on LinkedIn, like how <laughs> is the progress going? It'd yes. be great. So I think that's yeah. my biggest ask is um, be an advocate. Um, yeah. for women and see that change happening and that shift in culture happening. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think what you said about um, the big ask in terms of promotion, you know, people are so hesitant. I have found people are so hesitant to talk about what it is that they want, because to your point, you know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm in this role, but I aspire to be in another role, people will think, oh, right. well, you know, she's just trying to, you know, right. she's, not do, she's not focused here or she's just trying mm-hmm. to get to the next level or whatever. But right. all too often, perhaps your manager didn't know that you were ready, you felt ready right. or mm-hmm. you were, uh, had that aspiration. And so by not sharing that, I think you're doing yourself, you know, a disservice. It doesn't Definitely. hurt to at least have the conversation. It doesn't mean that that promotion comes tomorrow, but, right. you know, help me. And then as a manager, help me to get to that next level. That's really what my aspiration awesome. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think your mentors and your sponsors as well um, are definitely ones that you should be having that conversation with as well, because they're mm-hmm. going to be in rooms where decisions are going to be made and that you're yeah. not a part of. Um, so I think that's true. And we, we, we kind of just tend to shy away from it because yeah. it's a hard conversation and we've never been taught how to have that conversation. I think that's the other right. part of it too. So right. yeah, agree with you. Yeah. Um, since we haven't been taught, what, how would you, um, how would you coach someone into having that conversation? Um, I think for me, I'll share my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the role that I wanted to go into, uh, I had a conversation with a senior leader and I said, you know, I'm very interested, you know, five years before I got this role. I said, I'm very interested in this role, right? And then their response was, just keep an eye out for it, see when the opening happens. Then what I started doing was knowing what the role is and then kind of starting to figure out what specifically in my current role I could tie back to the role that mm. I want. And yeah. then when I had the conversation with my manager, I still articulated that I, I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And I think this is a good transition and tie in into a future role that I may have um, mm-hmm. that I might be interested in. And so they still feel secure that you're still doing the role you're supposed to do. But yep. at the same time, then you kind of planted that seed, the possibility of a future growth. So I think that's how I, that was my approach. Um, and I think the other thing too, I mean, the world of internet right now. You could, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube, go on YouTube and Google. I mean, I remember being a branch manager and I was like, how do I have conversations with millennials? What do I yeah. do with this scenario? And then there's like a whole bunch of stuff. So we can definitely teach ourselves some. It just takes that, um, that umph that you need to have to make sure yeah. you go out there. Right. And it really is about building your brand, even when you're internally, you know, the brand mm-hmm. of the brand of Mary, like the brand, yes. you know, even within the bank, even, you know, people think branding in terms of companies, but yeah. it's about personal branding too. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, I and agree I'm, with you more. 
Yeah. And I'm, I, I mean, I know you're really active on, on LinkedIn. I see all the great mm-hmm. stuff that you post on LinkedIn and, you know, all of that's just playing into your brand as well, which yeah. is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, what is your process like in terms of just kind of running your day? Are you a early morning person? Are you a late at night person? What is your, what are you super organized? Are you, (laughs) uh, let's, 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 let's open the curtain a little bit on a (laughs) day of the day of the day of Mary. So what does that look like? Um, I usually wake up. I, since I, I used to go to the gym all the time, um, every day. And then now with the whole gym thing, I was like, what am I going to do? And my husband's like, well, let's go walking. And I was like, are you kidding? Walking? No, no walking's boring. And so honestly, I finally started, I was like, okay. So I started three months ago and I actually love it. And, um, so most mornings I'll wake up early in the morning. I go for like an hour, hour and 10 minute walk. And then I'll come home and um, I'm lucky that I have an office in the house. So mm-hmm. I can come in the office and kind of just, uh, just get away from everything and the noise. And I start working. Um, a lot of phone calls, a lot of Zoom meetings. And then at lunchtime, um, I'll go and have lunch with my hubby. And then um, and it's funny, I'll come back to work. And when I'm off, I go back into the living room. And I'm like, honey, I'm home. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then we'll spend the time we'll go um I have a little dog a shih tzu his name is Simba we take him for walks and then come back and cook dinner together I love cooking and so does he yeah. so we get to cook dinner together and then oh, just kind of unwind so yeah um, that's the usual routine during the week and then weekends just to you know go for hikes we love hiking yeah so go for hikes and kind of just be outdoors as much as possible so yeah. yeah. Are are you like me and you have your good pair of leggings that you are now wearing with working oh, yeah. from home? We all have our dress leggings that we've been wearing, you know. It's funny. I call it the anchor, the knees anchor look. Yep, exactly. It's all dressed up here. And then you've got leggings and shorts on. I know. It's so true. There's been so many times. It's like, goodness, you know, we just don't want the Zoom camera to ever fall down because <laughs> <laughs> the bottom half of what we the all bottom look half. Like. That's yeah, funny. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So how do you keep motivated um are are you do you listen to podcasts are you a reader are, i know you like i said you're active on linkedin so you're i know you're yeah. reading a lot of stuff there but but yeah. how do you keep motivated and inspired um uh, truly honestly for me it's um energy of other people so mm-hmm. that's what gets me inspired and moving all the time so have i have a very close-knit friend that we, you know, we connect um, weekly. Um, we go for walks if we can in the afternoons. And then I think my family as well is the other aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I do, you know, I'm, I'm always out there searching for, you know, how to, for me, how new ideas to improve yourself to, um, like I said, some of the stuff I share on LinkedIn and how to have those tough conversations, what you could do to stay sane. Um, but honestly, it's really the energy of others is what keeps me motivated and going. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I know you are such a, pre- a people person and you always have that beautiful <laughs> smile in the room <laughs> Thank you. too when you, when you, when you fill a room. So yeah, Thank <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, so that's, that's, that's great. Um, let's talk about a little bit about um, causes outside of work. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think you're currently on the board for LEED San Diego, which is different yes. than the LEED program within the yes. bank, right? Yes. So let's talk yes. a little bit about LEED San Diego. Yeah, absolutely. San Diego, it's an amazing organization. Um, They Mm -hmm. focus on really uh, for education and they have three different programs um, that they offer um, depending on the level um, you're at. And currently with them, I actually um, have been paired up to be for me to be a mentor. So I have a mentee through them, which is really great. Um, They have a nonprofit organization that's 
they paired me with and so have had some great work with them. Um, but they do a great stuff. We have a lot of our um, Bank of America associates who've gone through the program and they do have their cohort group coming up um, for June, I think July 3rd is the deadline for them. But I love what they do. Again, it goes back to that education piece. I think for me, if I could be a lifetime um, college student, I would be a lifetime yeah. college student. <laughs> I yeah, you know, so want to even go back for my PhD. And um, But I think that's the biggest thing for me is constantly learning, putting yourself in situations and environments where you are learning. Mm-hmm. And they, they create that. And they really make a huge impact in San Diego because mm-hmm. they teach leaders how to become better leaders. They, they give them the tools necessary to make sure that they can have that voice. They can have those conversations. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very um, honored to be on there. Yeah, I, I've always, uh, anyone I've ever met who's gone through the Lead San Diego program has always been a big mm-hmm. fan. And they said, it's kind of like getting a, a degree in San Diego, you know, because yeah. you learn all the aspects of how the city runs and, yeah. you know, really key yeah. uh, programs that are happening. And then um, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, they they pair you with a nonprofit as part of your, mm-hmm. your program and kind of yeah. solve a Depending problem on, for yeah. that, for yeah. that nonprofit. Is that, yes. yeah. So, yeah. So part of one of their programs is that, and I think the biggest thing that people, walk away to attending it is that that network that they build mm-hmm. it's a family that they're building you know whether it's a three-day program that they have or it's the eight-month program that they have you really do walk away of having that network that can support you in need so mm-hmm. I know there's been times where I've reached out and said you know we're working on this like what are you guys doing or whatnot yeah. so it's been great yeah and are there other causes outside of Lead San Diego that you're involved in um I'm very big with junior achievement uh-huh. Um, I think financial literacy is very um, important, especially since children are not being taught that. Um, and then the other one to Habitat for Humanity. I think yeah. those are the two. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, Junior Achievement does an amazing program where they, and there's nothing like their um, their little town or what do they call the? the This town. BizTown, BizTown, that's right. Yes. And it's amazing. You walk through there and you think you're in this own little city, but- How important that, um, and and really how sad that these kids are not learning financial literacy right, right. You know, in school. Right. And that's, that's the, the crazy part to me, you know, but I also see it too. I see the impact. I mean, when I was in the branch, I would see people come in that, you know, bouncing checks or not having enough money in their yeah. town and not understanding how that all works. Um, so they do a great job with this town and teaching kids. And then Internally, too, with the bank, you know, I support our volunteer efforts. So I lead our volunteers to go in and we do um, Junior Achievement Day, where Mm. we take about 25 or so of our volunteers and they go into the classroom for three hours and kind of teach. And and they actually did a great thing with now with this shift that virtual needs to happen. Um, They've done where you can sign up and do um, virtual teaching. And then they Mm. put it basically in a, a library where teachers can go and access or parents can go access and so that they can, you know, utilize that during this time to still continue teaching financial literacy. So very proud to work with them and partner with them. Yeah, that's amazing. And you guys have a great volunteer source within your own employees, right? You do a lot yeah. out in the community. Um, is there, is there, I mean, obviously the importance of, you know, volunteering is, um, you know, giving back, but is there a, um, a culture within Bank of America that really encourages that as well? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, even our senior leaders are out there with us. So I think, um, 
we do over 18,000 hours, you know, within San Diego. Um, so volunteers and our employee networks drive that as well. So we have seven different employee networks. Um, they drive it, they bring the opportunities and how they can do it. Um, and so it's been really great to see that. And I think for me, that's what also helped me kind of evolve in my role um, and kind of get to meet different people. I always told mm-hmm. everyone that I love volunteering uh, myself and three years in a row now I've gotten the president silver award for oh. volunteering. So it's been great. But at the same time, um, that's what I share with everyone. Like it's another opportunity network, get to know yeah. leaders in a setting that it's not in a suit and a tie, but in a more lax setting where you can have conversations. Sure. But honestly, um, they've done a great job to make sure they support everybody in whatever they want to volunteer and yeah. um, to do so. Yeah. I know you're so active in the community, but do you find that people are, are wanting to talk to you? Not obvious, not only because you're, you know, adorable and and lovely and, you know, a delight to be around, but but do you find that your role um, at the bank, you know, people are sort of like, Oh, I need to know her, especially if they're Mm -hmm. a nonprofit. Like, do you feel, you know, what is that sort of relationship like when you're out in the community? Do you feel people are, you know, and and, and I guess the advice on making genuine connections where it's not just, yeah. Yeah, I need to know absolutely. her because she controls the purse right. strings at right. the bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's a team that controls it. Our yeah. foundation yeah. controls it. Um, but no, I do run into that. And honestly, at the beginning, I was like, well, I don't know. How do I handle this? Or what do I do? Yeah. And, you know, as time has gone, I realized people just don't know. And you don't know what you don't know, you know? And mm-hmm. so every person who's approached me um, from any nonprofit organization, I've always, you know, carved out at least a 15 minute, 20 minute um, time slot just to connect because yeah. you might think they don't, but there's been so many times where they have nonprofits that have or, um, programs that I'm not aware of. Even mm-hmm. current nonprofits, that's why I connect with my nonprofits just to make sure because they might have a program that might be a better fit or something that, you know. So, but yeah, I do get approached a lot. Um, at the beginning, I'm not going to lie. It, yeah. it, was, it was a tough <laughs> conversation. Like, how do you handle yeah. this? Like, you know, right. like, can I get your business? And then, um, but now truly, I think um, I've learned that it is important to keep those connections with everyone. Yeah. So um, anytime, I mean, I was at a round table with um, Urban Court. Um, or, yeah. And then they, we were talking about, it was nonprofits trying to figure out how to do funding. Right. And then I got slammed with emails and like have calls. And I've been doing all of those because I think it's really important for them to know what we um, have set forward at a foundation mm-hmm. level. But then also, I think it's even more so important for um, me to understand what they do. Yeah. Yeah. More so, so- than just the title. Yeah, definitely. So to sort of wrap up the whole nonprofit discussion in terms of nonprofits seeking funding from from the bank, um, it sounds like, you know, having a really clear direction of their program and, mm-hmm. and the services that they're offering so that they can convey that to, through the application or yeah. through a pitch to to the yeah. bank. And then, and then really having those genuine relationships um, with key stakeholders at the bank um, right. as well and keeping in touch and updating them on, on different right. programs right. that they might be right. bringing into the nonprofit. And we have nonprofits who we've partnered with for years and they'll pick up the phone and call me and say, Mary, you know what? We're thinking of changing the angle. We might want to do this or we might want to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important. That's when, you know, you've really built that relationship where you can have those casual conversations to really um, dig in to see what is the best way to impact the San Diego community. Because at the end of the day, 
what my hope is that when we do award grants, that it makes a positive change and a positive sure. impact in San Diego community. And the number of people it's going to impact. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we're grateful for the work that you and the bank are doing to make San Diego Thank a better you. place to live and work and the support that you all give us um, through, you know, different uh, nonprofit um, directions is really, really important. So, so thank you thank for that. You. So, yeah, so definitely. Yes. Well, definitely. I love what I do. <laughs> yes, I know. That does sound like a lot of fun, a lot of fun to yeah. do. So um, good. Well, we, um, we're, we're going to move into our rapid fire questions. So okay. are you ready? Let's yes, I know. Yes. Our time has gone fast. I, I feel yeah, like so, a good time. <laughs> I know we are, you and I could chat forever. So, um, okay. So um, as I said to you, these are just off the top of your head, right? No okay. judgment. These are just intended to be fun just to continue to get to know you. So, okay. um, so question number one is the title of your lifetime movie. The title of my lifetime movie. Um, always a good time. <laughs> Perfect. Um, if you could change places with any celebrity right now, who would it be? Um, Jennifer Lopez. Good. Um, when do you feel happiest? when I'm surrounded by positive energy. Yeah. If you were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? Advocating for women. Awesome. Um, ultimate dinner party, which four guests do you invite? Ultimate dinner party? Uh-huh. Me, my husband, and my parents. Oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that would be a good time, right? Yep. All right, right this minute, you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and why? What do I get and why? Um, I would get, I love the finch, the bird, uh -huh. Uh -huh. because it kind of just represents for me that um, freedom and, you know, just being able to fly and do what you want. So yeah, yeah. that's what I would get. Perfect. Okay. Biggest pet peeve in business? Biggest pet peeve in business. When you're having conversations and people aren't paying attention to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, and I mean over the phone and you can tell because you hear the typing yes, yes. and I just want to be like, can you stop typing and just listen right. to me? <laughs> yeah. Focus people. Focus. Yes, yes focus. exactly. <laughs> um, what is your wish for the next generation? The next generation for them to really understand the human connection. I think they're losing that right now. And as um, it's a struggle. So I think that for them to really believe and understand the human connection is key to their success. Yeah. Relationship building and mm -hmm. paying attention. Yep. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, when does your light shine the brightest? Um, I think honestly, when I see someone else happy, when I yeah. see that I've made someone happy and their smiles, I think that for me is the biggest thing. Yeah. That's awesome. And last question, what is your big ask either personally or professionally right this minute that we can help you with? I think for me, as I've shared, um, woman empowerment is huge. Mm -hmm. So I, the ask is to continue to do that. And if you yeah. feel there's an opportunity for me to be a part of that, please let me know. I'd be happy to be part of it and part of the discussion. Because I think it's key to constantly be there, be out there, have our voice heard. So I think mm -hmm. that would be my big ask. That's awesome. And what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, LinkedIn's probably mm -hmm. the fastest way, the easiest yeah. way. Um, message me on LinkedIn. Yes. And uh, it's uh, Mary and her last name is N-O-O-R. So just so yeah. that that's clear. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Well, Mary, thank you so much for saying yes to my ask um, when I asked you to be a guest on the Big Ask podcast. So it's always lovely to see you. And until next time, everyone, um, continue to make those big asks out in the world. Have a good day.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ass Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Thank you.